Welcome back to Sangu Stories. The landscape architecture adds the final touches to the design of the resort, an important component that connects the architecture to nature. We have here today Vladimir Durovich, our landscape architect. Welcome to the podcast, Vladimir. Hello, how are you? We are so delighted to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about uh, really, you know, from ground up, uh, and I say that literally, uh, of how uh, the concept came alive and the work that you're doing uh, in a few details. And we've prepared a few questions for you. It's, uh, I know it's from a distance and we're all really keen to see you uh, over here. But I must say, I just arrived on the island. Uh, I'm in quarantine for the next few days. We saw the flyovers of all the landscape and you know all the islands are going along really well. Uh, and the Ritz-Carlton is just, you know, our listeners are very excited to hear uh, about the approach and style that you've taken to create the landscape at the Ritz-Carlton Maldives, Fari Islands. Uh, any highlights you have to share with us? Look, so from the onset, we wanted to recreate a naturally occurring tropical island, you know, with its lush vegetation and vibrant ecosystems. Uh, we knew that this would provide a natural embrace to the architecture, the singular architecture that Kerry Hill has uh, designed and offer a strong sense of seclusion and privacy. And then, of course, many moments of discoveries and highlight will unfold as you experience the island, especially around the public areas. Right, understand. So what are the types of flora and fauna that we can expect once the project is completed? Well, you can expect almost a full botanical garden on display, revealing all the indigenous species that make up these remarkable islands. So, you know, as you know, you start over from the beach crest, uh, you have the, all the beach pioneer, pioneering plants that you will encounter species like Scaviola tacada, Pemphis acidula, Turnifortia, and Guetardia speciosa, which in common local uh, you know, names are known as sea lettuce, ironwood, octopus bush, and beach gardenias. So these, these uh, primary plants are extremely resilient plants that are the first colonizers that can take all the harsh wind and salt sprays and soils that happen on the on the front line, you know, very tough environment. And then as you move forward, uh, the plantation starts to settle and you start getting uh, ultimately reach the climax forest. And some of the island, you have uh, coconut tree dominant uh, climax forest, and some you have regular trees such as uh, hibiscus, corda subcordata and pandanus species. So you will see a full display of, of all the native plants that you see on a natural Maldivian island. Wonderful. Yes, I must say the magu, which we call as well locally magu, which was the sea lettuce, it's really uh, come alive. It's amazing. Uh, so resilient, as you yeah. said, to the salt, salt air, and um, it's really filling in the island really well. And, and those yeah. coconuts as well, they really look like they've been there for, for many years. It's just it's amazing to think that they've been transplanted into the island. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Any special origin and story behind the diverse vegetation of the island? Well, you know, the origin is the Maldives itself. You know, it was mainly thanks to donor islands that we were able to salvage a lot of these plant communities. These were areas that were going to be, uh, to be built up by the government, and they allowed us to transplant the vegetation to our island. And we did so exactly how they occurred naturally, basically in the trees, shrubs, and ground cover. So we took entire groupings together and we used them to form our, our landscapes in the island. I understand. Wow. 
the islands of the of the Maldives are quite unique, uh, and they can be challenging in terms of the for, uh, the fertility of the soil and the temperature. Any unique approach was that was considered to overcome this? Well, yes, yes, actually. Actually, it's easy when you work with nature and not against nature. So as I said before, using exclusively indigenous plants, these plants are intrinsically, you know, adapted to these conditions. So you are off already to a very good start. The big surprise for us was exactly as you mentioned, was the rate of adaptation and how fast these plants took root. And in just two seasons, they almost already look like they've always been there. Yeah. Of course, I mean, uh, you know, Mark, we have to thank uh, the amazing team on site. Uh, you know, I don't know if you met Raymond Dreisinger already, yes, who's I, been I there for a few years. Yes, he's been leading a team. I mean, they've been working nonstop for the past few years, procuring and planting these islands. And without them, we couldn't have achieved this. Uh, amazing. With Ronnie as well. And those guys have done yes, an incredible yes, job. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, and also, I noticed there's irrigation uh planned and I know that they're, they're, they're almost set up for the full loop of that, which I guess will also support from our grey water system. Yes, yes, we, we, we're trying, I mean, we have to irrigate in the first few years to get all yeah. the vegetation established and then we will be reducing and reducing and then they'll be off on their own. Perfect. Sustainability is an important component to the whole project and, and Evan and I had a conversation about that and then we had indeed had another conversation with Kerry Hill uh, and we spoke about uh, the solar and the choice of woods and these things. Can you share with us uh, about your approach to reduce the negative footprint in striving for a sustainable future? Yes, uh, well, it started with, of course, using these endemic plants with nothing exotic being introduced into the island. And these plants, of course, require little maintenance after establishment and certainly no chemicals or pesticides. So that will be out of the island. And as far as the built up intervention, anything we've, we've de designed and built, you know, we reduce that to the absolutely, absolutely you know, just a few focused areas where, where they were needed, leaving the bulk of the island intact in order to, to thrive and slowly build itself into a resilient and self-sustaining ecosystem. So that was really from the beginning. So we had very little built-up areas, built-up interventions, and the rest is just green and, and, and starting to, to turn into these uh, climax forests that we're after, where you don't have to do anything. Beautiful. You know, we, we were just having a conversation with Jean-Michel Cousteau's team. We've um, been really lucky to sign an exclusive arrangement with Jean-Michel Cousteau, the ambassador of the environment program, which is exclusive for Ritz-Carlton. And we're bringing out the team in the next few months. And they're really interested in all of the uh, fl uh, flora and fauna that's available on the island. And also they know that when this is well set up and there's no pesticides and, and uh, other rodents uh, running excretions into the water, that we can have turtles come and lay eggs. And, you know, this whole environment starts to come alive. So I'm really keen on uh, Jean-Michel Cousteau's team uh, getting involved in connecting with your team and um, really working on how all of this beautiful marriage comes together. And uh, you know, we have a clean, beautiful platform to work from and uh, a great future ahead of us. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And hope to see you in, in uh, live very soon after I, this pandemic is over. I know it's been tough on, on everyone, but 
Uh, as you said earlier, your team uh, with Raymond and Ronnie here, particularly for Ritz-Carlton, I know they've been doing great work as a team over in Patina as well. And um, they've done an incredible job. And when I show people the photos of the resort, they can't believe uh, the growth. So congratulations on all of that. Exceptional. We, we're just really pleased with the natural feel and the way that the, the roads have come through as well and the site is kept so clean. Uh, we really can see, in fact, we'll be bringing our first level of photography soon to do some overall uh, shots just to get some of the marketing and media going with social. And we're going to be doing some architectural uh, flyovers and zoom in, zoom outs. And the garden is normally the, the thing we struggle with in the Maldives, having that ready, you know. Uh, so our yeah. photographer was really pleased that he can get some angles that just, you know, with the beach and the Look, garden. Mark, I mean, I tell you, when I came with Evan, uh, I mean, he came and showed me the site and I said, where's the site? I cannot see it. It was, of course, just water. <laughs> and really, in few years, to see that image behind you and see yeah. that it, it looks as if it's been there. And, of course, this was our intent, but we never, ever thought it would happen that, that fast. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, we've always preached about, about using native species, etc., etc. But to see this, this uh, tremendous rate of adaptation in soil that was pure salt almost, you know? Yeah. Th this was remarkable for us, remarkable. Mm. Mm. No, it's good signs. It's good signs for the start yes, of a, yes. an amazing Yes, yes. At least a little project. bit of good news. Yes, good news. Yes. <laughs> we need some good news. Yes. 100%. Thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you out here in the Maldives very soon. Same here. Looking forward to seeing you real soon. Thank you. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join me next time when we discover more about the Ritz-Carlton Maldives Fari Islands.